Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where you watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Bob. Wow. Welcome to today's episode. Wel- welcome. You ready to uh to watch a movie? I don't know if I'm ready. I don't think I'm ever ready. Like, anytime we... Look, this is... Ben usually... First of all, we I'm really bad about preparing myself for the podcast. There have been multiple times, and Ben will attest to this, where we've, we've recorded the first five minutes of an episode, and Ben's gone, hold on, stop. We have to redo that. Oh, it's so frustrating. Because I'm just not... Sometimes I'm just not in a good mood. We'll have a two o'clock recording, and I'll pull up to the house, and I'll knock on the door, and no one will answer, and I'll call Bob, and no one will answer... And then I'll knock again, and ten minutes later, Bob eventually comes to the door because he was still sleeping. And then, and then we start forty minutes later. Yeah. So sometimes I'm not prepared. Most of the time, I'm not prepared. All Today, the time. I think I'm ready. I can't imagine why. I don't know. Maybe it's because this is my second cup of coffee, <laughs> and I've had plenty of time today to get ready. Is there anything you want to talk about no. before we begin? Nope. No. Okay. There's one thing I want to talk about before we start. Oh, okay. And this is old news, and it's something that I forgot about until I was listening to Tucker and Dale, Okay, the episode. We talk about that movie. What is it? Voyage of the Demeter? I think we talk about the episode. I think Demeter? Demeter is the right. You're right. Yeah, we talk about that movie. Did you ever see it? No. I didn't either. I haven't seen it yet. I'll probably buy it at some point. To watch I it. haven't heard. Uh, this is, look, I'm pure speculation. This is me talking out of my ass, as most things are on this podcast. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen reviews for it. I don't know anything about it. I don't know how well it did. I don't know if it did poorly or what. Jesse watched it. I know. Look, I know you think Jesse has some controversial opinions. He said some things that you don't really appreciate. He said it was bad, and that makes me sad because I was kind of hype. I don't know. From what I heard, it didn't do amazing, but it's one of those things that people watch and were like, oh, yeah, this will be a... A thing for, like, horror fans, like a cult classic. Oh, really? That's what I heard. Well, maybe we'll like it then. So, we'll I see. mean, most of the time, I feel like we're in that camp when it comes to movies like that. Yeah. You never know with Jesse. No, yeah, Jesse said some things, and Ben's been like, what kind of fucking opinion is that? <laughs> okay. Uh, you, I hope the audience <laughs> did not hear that, because I cannot leave that in. <laughs> he would be so angry. <laughs> Uh, if he's listening to this, he knows what you just mimed at me. I hope. I hope he knows. I'm not going to leave it in the episode. <laughs> that one is far worse. <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, though, I did remember saying, because I-, I was just talking to Bob about it. I was looking at like some, some articles that pop up, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, NECA's making something new. I, I clicked on it. and It was it was an ad for they're making a uh, Coraline doll. So if you've ever seen Coraline, the other mother makes a doll of uh Coraline that's just like I don't know I'd say like a foot tall something like that mm-hmm. and uh the ad a, a normal size height for a doll yeah and the ad said life-sized Coraline doll so I was like all right so it's like a you know a plush I was like oh that's interesting and I clicked on it and the first picture that comes up is a picture of this fucking doll it's five <laughs> feet tall that's huge it's like human size. I think Ben said to me, I'm going to buy one of these and put it in the corner <laughs> of my room. And I was like, that's terrifying. Like $400. But just the thought oh of it standing God. in the corner of my room looking at people in the dark is very funny. For no, me. it's not. That's scary. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I watched. You asked me if I'd ever seen Coraline. I, I've seen that movie one time and it scared me so bad I've never seen it oh, again. I love it. I just love stop motion. Yeah. So all the stop motion films are great, no. especially because we don't get a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Because well, it's because they're hard to make. They're also like really expensive too. Uh, no, so they they are hard to make. That's a big thing. But the reason we don't get a lot of them is because basically people know when they make them, they're gonna take a loss. Yeah. So you have to do it for like the sake of art and not mm-hmm. the sake of money. That's why they're always really really good. Yeah. But they do so bad because they're just so expensive. Mm-hmm. I love them though. I grew up with a lot of those. Like the because a lot of them are horror themed. Nightmare Before Christmas, nah. uh, Coraline, Paranorman. I never saw that one. It's decent. Yeah. I think that's my least favorite. But okay, it's definitely grown on me since I think the first time I watched it. So while we're on the topic of what was it, NECA? Yeah. Do you want to – so Ben Ben likes to complain that I don't click on things he sends me. 
And that's that's Fuck true. you, Bob. That's true. And I the thing he is sends that, me like forty different links a week, and I look at all of them. Yeah, I sent him one, maybe a month. Never looks at it. First of all, first of all, it's not that I didn't want to look at it. Never looks it's at it. It's that I ever. didn't see that I got a. I didn't see it. I just didn't see it. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. This happened multiple times. Ah, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. This has happened. We've had this exact same conversation. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, NECA made a <laughs> a very very interesting uh, Halloween three themed prop. It's uh, Tom Atkins, right? Yeah, you know, Mister Drinks a lot. <laughs> But it's a it's a minifig of him. I think it's like nine inches. But it's signed and everything. You get a, a coaster. For, yeah. Uh, Silver Shamrock as well. And look. It's rad. It's cool. And I'm not a fan of Halloween 3. But that's something that like. I, I Not that I want. It'd be I really might, funny to have on your shelf though, though right? Have. Yeah. Also, this is the separate thing. Someone tweeted out. I follow a lot of like random ass horror accounts on Twitter now. Just because I'm interested in it. Uh, and I don't know. I, I sent it to you. Someone tweeted out the exact time where I, I midnight on Halloween, if you start Halloween 3, you get to see Tom Atkins' ass. Yeah, basically, if you start at 11, like 39 or something like that, and whatever seconds, you get to see Tom Atkins' ass exactly Halloween midnight. Yeah, I would like to propose, though, that you could do that whenever you want. It's true. You could just watch that movie. Although, I think the best way to do that is um, the whole thing is at a certain time, the commercial comes on. Mm-hmm. So you could totally time that movie with the oh, ending, yeah, to be at the certain time. Mm-hmm. That's how I'd do it. That'd be no. really cool. That would be cool, especially because isn't it like a weird time, like eight a.m. or something? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's weird. Anyways, I guess let's just get into it, right? So you have three choices for categories still. Mm-hmm. You have two spots in Slurposaurus, a spot in Precode movies, and two spots in Neo Monster movies. Yeah. What are you picking? Ben's upset with me because I, I've i been very expressive about not wanting to pick Slurposaurus. You're so funny, though. Not because I dislike <laughs> the movie we watched or the category. You're so funny. But because, and you heard this last week, I want to watch an actual horror movie. We watched an actual horror movie last week. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. He murders like, so many people. Yeah, he kills a lot of people. <laughs> and I expressed this to Ben before we started recording. We haven't seen someone get annihilated on the podcast in a while. And that's what I'm craving. Like, the thing with pre-code movies and Slurposaurs is they're just not violent enough <laughs> to, to, to satiate my my want. We watched almost 200 people die. Benjamin. I did not see a single one of those people get killed. Yes, you did. I watched a train explode. The man got brained. Okay, fair enough. That yeah. Guy, that guy did die. <laughs> that guy did get murdered. But I don't know. I just I want something violent. I want, and yeah. I know I'm not going to get that if we watch Slurposaurus. <laughs> Maybe you will. No. Maybe someone gets eaten. Maybe. Or I could just finish off pre-code. We or can watch, could watch other... some real animals. Ben, that's fucked up. I didn't say it wasn't fucked up. Just saying you should you should use Slurposaur. Oh my god! I don't want to though. I don't want to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick it. I'm going to pick Neo Monster movies. All right. Okay. Well. You're such a piece of shit. For Slurposaurs, we have No! Options. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> you have options one and three available. Three. Three? Sure. Why not? All right. Today, we are going to be watching... And you meant Neo Monster movies, right? Yeah. And not Slurposaurs, correct? Y- y- <laughs> yes, Benjamin. Yes. Uh, we're watching Mimic. Oh, oh, fuck. Okay. Now, I, my initial thought, and this is, uh, you know, is mimics from, like, you know, D&D, which is not good. Because that's kind of scary. Could you imagine walking up to, like, a chest and it, like, grows teeth and eats you? All I'm going to say about this film, Bob, is I feel like you getting this film is karma <laughs> for not picking Slurposaur. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I did say I wanted to see some people get annihilated. And I wanted a scary movie. Karma. Fuck. All right. So it came out in 1997. Oh, it's a 90s movie. Okay. Description. Who would have imagined that playing God could go wrong? What is this, Jurassic Park? It's an hour and 45 minutes long. Okay. It's a little long. It's rated R. Thank God. 
IMDb gave it a 6.0 out of 10. Not bad. Tomato meter of 64%. Okay. And an audience score of 37. Oh, bad audience score. But that's pretty normal, to Has be honest. Three wins and eight nominations. Okay. Uh, notable actors Mira Sorvino as Dr. Susan Tyler. She played Linda Ash in Mighty Aphrodite. I guess Mighty Aphrodite. Uh, Jeremy Northam as Dr. Peter Mann. He played Ivor Novello in Gosford Park. Alexander Goodwin as Chewy Gavoila. Uh, he played Bobby Fountain in Box of Moonlight. Giancarlo Giannini as Manny Gavoila. He played Rennie Mathis in Quantum of Solace. Charles S. Dudden as Officer Leonard Norton. He played Leonard Dillon in Alien 3. Oh, damn. Why damn? We haven't seen it. Good. <laughs> okay. I hate that movie. Whoa! I hate it. Oh, incredible. With a passion. We have to finish that series at some point. It's bad. I mean, sure. Bad. It makes me <laughs> angry. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you want me to... You know what? I'm going to give you a little taste. Okay. A little taste of why you're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. Technically, the title is stylized. So, technically, the name of that movie isn't Alien 3. Oh, it's just Alien with a 3 where the E is? It's Alien Cubed. Oh, my God. No, that's stupid. <laughs> uh, Josh Brolin as Josh Maslow. Uh, you know who Josh Brolin is? I know that name. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. I know the name. Give you a hint. He's a big purple peanut. <laughs> Wait. Thanos? <laughs> it's Thanos, yeah. Oh, my God. He's a very famous actor. He's he's very good. Just want to say that. Okay. Um, Thanos is a meme, but it, it's a well-acted meme. Mm-hmm. Alex Kromze as Remy Panos. He played, uh, well, she played Mary Labetta in The Haunting. Oh. 1999. Oh, the remake. Yes. F. Murray Abraham as Dr. Gates. He played Mr. Mustafa in The Grand Budapest Hotel. I've never seen it. Love that movie. It's great. And probably, at least for me, I think one of his most famous roles, Antonio Soleri in Amadeus, which if you haven't seen Amadeus, so, so, so good. I don't know what that is. You don't know what Amadeus is? Mm-mm. Like, do you know who Amadeus is? Like Mozart? Yeah. So it's basically a fictional biography of Antonio uh, Salieri's life. And mm. so he's a composer that was alive roughly the same time as Mozart. And in real life, they operated in very different circles. Mm-hmm. Just very different people. But in this fictionalized version... They very much have, like, a rivalry. Oh, that's kind of cool. But it's very much one-sided mm. from Antonio's part. I see. And the whole movie is told in the future. So when Antonio's old, and it's him telling the story about Mozart. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. And, like, how he died and everything. Seems cool. It's it's very good. Got some good music, too. Mm. Obviously. I would hope so. Norman Reedus as Jeremy. He's back. Who was he? Oh, I don't remember his name, but he was in Pandorum. Yeah, he was uh, Shepard in Pandorum, but who is he, like, very famously? Oh, just in uh, general. what's his fuck from The Walking Dead? Yeah, Daryl Dixon. That was his name. What's I his remember. fuck? He was on uh, 174 episodes between 2010 and 2022. God damn. Julian Richings as Workman. <laughs> Do you know who that is? No. Thought the name was funny. He's got a very particular look to him, almost deathly. What does that mean? No. Oh. Uh, no. He played the weird janitor in Urban Legends. Oh, he's back. He was also Death and Supernatural. Oh, yeah. Now I know who you're talking yeah. about. Doug Jones as Long John. <laughs> Abe Sapien in Hellboy. Never seen Hellboy. Really? No. Oh. Really? Just never seen it. I actually wanted to read the comics for a while. Never got around to Go it. Go watch... Not the new movie. This is Hellboy uh, 2004. Mm. Go watch the original Hellboy. And then its sequel's pretty decent, but that original one's really good. The the new new one though, not good. Bad. <laughs> it's very hairy for no reason. Oh, I see. Director Guillermo del Toro. Whoa! I didn't know he direct. Whoa! This is cool. Yeah. Is this our first del Toro movie? Yep. Fuck yeah! That's exciting. Yeah. Wait. Exciting for me. Oh. We'll God. see if you enjoy it. Uh, he also directed Hellboy. Oh, 2004. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, writers Matthew Robbins. 
he also wrote Crimson Peak, and then it was also co-written by Del Toro. He's also written like The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, budgets estimated at thirty million dollars. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I, I just want to put this out here. Matthew Robbins also worked on the Del Toro Pinocchio film. Oh, I haven't seen that. I haven't either, but I really want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Good stop motion. Yeah. Box office though was only twenty five point five million. Damn. So not, not no great. box office turnout. That sucks. Country of origin, United States. Uh, its alternative title, which was the working title, is Judas, J-U-D-U-S. Hmm. Tagline, for thousands of years, man has been evolution's greatest creation until now. Fuck me. Now, I think that's debatable. I don't know if we're man's, like, the greatest creation of evolution. We might be. Well, it might be crabs, I don't actually. know. There's crabs, right? Because, like, isn't that, isn't, what is it, uh... Oh, what is the, there's a word for it, but is basically it cancerification. It's not that. It's not that. It's something similar though. Everything becomes. Crab. Everything is turning into crabs because they're the ultimate life form. Well, for like crustaceans in the ocean. Yeah, we'll be crabs eventually. Uh, yeah, I don't know about crab people, but <laughs> crab. Pe- that's terrifying. All right, you ready for some bad news though? Oh well, yeah, sure. This is a Dimension slash Miramax film. Oh my god, can they stop? The Weinstein brothers got their fingers in this. They got their fingers in everything. Uh, Principal photography occurred in Toronto, Canada. Okay. uh, Because it kind of looks like New York, where this film is set. Oh, okay. It does, actually. At least it wasn't Vancouver. At least it wasn't Vancouver. (laughs) Well, see, Vancouver was fine. It was setting it in the alley in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) No, in the the three distinct alleys. I think it was one really long alley. (laughs) Anyone is wondering, that's Jason Takes Manhattan. I hate that film. So... You know how this film didn't do really well? Yeah. I mean, it, it lost money, but mm-hmm. also, like, low scores. Yeah. Especially for a Del Toro piece. That was my thing. Guillermo Del Toro's, like, renowned as a director. Like, he's, he has done some incredible stuff. He's very good. I really like his directing style. But, like, a 37% audience score and That's a 64 critic is really, really, really low, low for him. There's kind of a reason for that. Okay. So, after seeing early footage of the film... Harvey Weinstein oh my God. began fighting with Del Toro regarding the film not being scary enough. So, if you remember, very similar story here to what happened on Scary Movie. Yeah. Which would eventually become the known as Scream, mm-hmm. where he saw early cuts and he was like, ah! Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he started arguing with Del Toro about it not being scary enough. And it's even reported that at one point, Weinstein stormed onto set and started instructing Del Toro about how to direct a movie. Bruh. Um, that, oh, that's so stupid. Right, because you know he doesn't know what he's doing. No, he doesn't know what he's doing. But uh, it eventually came to a head uh, when Weinstein attempted to have Del Toro fired. And he only ended up backing down because Mira Sorvino, the lead actress, was basically like, no, nah, if you fire him, I'm going to quit. Like, Gotcha. That's she kind of awesome. got into the way of that. So Weinstein ended up backing down, but he still demanded final cut of the film. Which oh my is god, not great because now the director doesn't have control of the final cut. Mm-hmm. The producer does, and so you know that's probably why it turned out pretty bad. Damn, that uh, sucks. I do want to give these two quotes here because I think they go to show how bad the situation though was on set. Since the film's release, uh, producer B.J. Rack has compared the experience to, and I'm quoting here, being a prisoner of a war camp. Oh, my God! And uh, Tor has also since stated that the only time I have experienced bad behavior, uh, and it remains one of the worst experiences of, of my life, was in 1997 when I did Mimic for Miramax. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Holy uh, shit. Just, it sucks to hear that. No, Honestly, it does. Sucks. But kind of a silver lining. In 2011, Del Toro was able to release a director's cut. Oh. He's described it by saying that it's not exactly the movie I wanted to do, but it definitely healed a lot of the wounds. I am happy with the cut. Is that the version we're going to watch? Uh, apparently, it's available on a lot of streaming, so I'll see if I can find it today. Let's go. We'll tell you afterwards if we can find it or That's not. That's awesome. I I just go ahead and recommend watching that one if you can find it's it. It's probably better because, to be honest, the theatrical cut is not rated really well, and mm-hmm. it's also not what the director wanted. Yeah. So it, if you can get close, I know he doesn't probably have all the footage and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but yeah, 
you can get close with the director's cut, I'd recommend it because Del Toro does a really good job with his films. That's my other thing is like you hired this really, really like well-known, renowned director. Now, this was pretty early in his career. Sure. I mean, I guess, but I don't know. Just in my mind, it's like I get that you're a producer. Like you're supposed to like, you know, overlook things and produce. But when you're going like just storming a set and telling a director how to direct, like that's not your job. Get out of there. Well, the worst part is he took final cut of the movie. Sometimes you can get away with that, but the issue here, and I'll just tell you this right now about Satora, is he's a very meticulous director. Mm-hmm. The reason he's able to make really good films is he's very particular about his directing style and how he frames shots and everything. It's it's almost mathematical, and that's really cool. It, it makes really good films, but to make that work, he has to have a lot of control, creative control. And when you take the ability to control away mm-hmm. from him, you have a bunch of stuff that might not work well together. That I, sucks. I think that's what ended up happening here. God, that makes me so angry. Before we move on, though, I do think it's important to mention, though, that this film is technically based on a short story. Oh, sick. Um, of the same name by American science fiction writer Donald A. Wolheim. Hmm. So if you're ever interested. Cool. That's all I got for now. I got okay. some stuff after the movie, Fuck. but we can get into it. Okay. Fuck. Uh, uh, I guess we'll see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Mimic. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> did you have a good time, Bob? Um. Or did it uh, maybe make your skin crawl a lot? Yeah, no, that was that was that was a problem. Yeah. Hey, look. Punishment. It wa- it's not. It wasn't that bad. It was pretty bad. I, I will say this, I'm I'm glad I picked what I did. It's a good movie, though. I had a good time, but. It is, you know, spoiler audience. It's a neo monster movie, so there are monsters. Yeah, monster movie in this in this film. They got me good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm gonna say this now. We watched the director's cut. Yeah, because we actually found it. I don't know off my head like what the difference between the director's cut and the original was. Um, I think it was like a seven minute difference, right? Yeah, which is big. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference when yeah. you come down to it because it's not like probably seven minutes of just like long scenes it's probably seven minutes scattered throughout mm-hmm. but i think we were talking about during the movie and we were like oh yeah much better than the ratings indicate yes but we don't know if that's because we watched the director's it cut. has to be right yeah because like 34 percent we're usually around the critics yeah and the critics were what 60 or we're usually around the critics or the imdb like the yeah. aggregate and mm-hmm. i i think we're higher than at least a 2.5 oh yeah or a three so mm-hmm. I just wanted to put that out there right now. So if you're going to watch it, I don't know the differences between the two versions, but I just say go watch the director's cut. Because that's the one we saw, and we liked it. We so. liked it, and I've just heard bad things about the theatrical. Mm-hmm. I I think I might have seen the, the – I've seen this film before mm-hmm. a long time ago, and I assume I've watched the theatrical's cut originally. Yeah. Because I don't remember liking it all that much. Really? Yeah. I can't believe that seven minutes made that much of a difference. Maybe it comes down to, like, pacing, too. It's probably pacing stuff. And, like, maybe there's, like, scenes missing that make things make more sense. My guess is pacing and some minor characterization. Mm -hmm. It also might be how scenes are edited, like, order-wise. That was my thing, too. Maybe stuff shot, like, showed in a different order in the normal cut. Um, With that being said, I guess I can describe the plot, and Mm -hmm. then we can get into the movie. Yeah. We probably going to have to have a spoiler section for this film. I think so. I don't know if we should. Like, not that we shouldn't, but, like, in my mind, right, we could totally cover this whole film and not just not ruin a single thing. Okay. There's just one really big thing we kind of have to be careful of. I don't know what you're talking about, personally. All right. Well, uh, with that being said, we'll get to it when we get to it and we can decide then. But the premise of this film is relatively simple. It's in New York, and there's this big outbreak of... Do you remember what it's called? Stricklers. Is it Stricklers? Yeah, it's like called Strickler's disease. Uh, basically, it's like polio, it looks like. Mm-hmm. But instead of being contagious, it seems to be spread by a carrier animal. Mm-hmm. Very specifically in this instance, it's cockroaches. Yeah. Looks like the common uh, cockroach. The epidemic starts in New York City, 
and it's apparently horrible. Oh, yeah. Like, it's only been going, it looks like, for a couple months, but it's already killing, like, tons and tons and tons of children because uh, adults seem to be unaffected. You know, eventually the CDC is at their wit's end because they're not able to successfully make a vaccine in the time they've had, and they're freaking out because they don't want it to leave the city. And they eventually come up with this kind of ludicrous plan, which is to create a countermeasure for cockroaches, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a biological countermeasure instead of a chemical one. So instead of using poison, they've uh, genetically engineered like a super insect that very specifically secretes a, I don't know, goo? They call it a pheromone. Yeah, I know. It's a pheromone, obviously. It's very specifically there's enzymes in this goo. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm calling it a goo because it's like a bubbly, like sticky substance. Yeah, we get to see it. That attracts the cockroaches, and when they eat it, their metabolism slows, like speeds up a lot, mm-hmm. and then they starve to death and die. And it's it's highly effective. They ended up clearing the infection of cockroaches out of the city, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of the setup for the movie. Because it once they do this whole announcement, of, oh, we cleared out all the stuff. It skips to three years later. And that's where our movie takes place. And the premise here is that very quickly we learn that these insects, they're known as Judas strain, but like Judas bugs, that's what I'm going to call them, have been reproducing. They weren't supposed to do that. So there's this mystery of why are these things breeding and where are they? Mm -hmm. Coupled with this other thing of, oh, there's something weird going on in the, The the subway subway system. Is it related to, like, the Judas Bugs? Is it related to something else? We don't know. That's kind of the, the, the movie story. I think that's a good way to leave it. And if that sounds interesting, go watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I'd recommend it. If you like Del Toro, this isn't, like, his strongest film ever, but it, it's very, very indicative of his style. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever watched him before, Del Toro's de- in the past. This is, like, word for word. He's described his style as um, almost having a fetish for insects, clockwork, monsters, dark places, and unborn things. And this movie's got all of it. I was about to say, that man, he really described this movie, huh? Well, that was him. He was describing his style. I know, but he just described this movie. That really does describe this movie. So if you if you like him, this this very much feels like him. It, it, it feels a lot like some of his earlier works. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, it feels like Hellboy. In some senses. Never seen it. Not as fantastical, but in, I don't know, cinematography and, like, feel of the environment, stuff like that. Uh, With that being said, though, we're going to kind of get into the actual discussion points now and, you know, just talk about the film in general. So I'm going to give a warning here for spoilers just going forward. So is there anything you want to talk about just right off the bat? So you saying – you talking about, like, this being Del Toro style reminded me of something – you know what this movie reminds me of in a ton of ways? What? It's like arachnophobia. But better? I don't know about... I, okay, better is not the word I would use. It's not a thrillomedy. It's not a thr- Better is not the word I'm looking for because I don't... Uh, better is uh, shaky ground. Because this is just a different kind of movie than that. But yeah. they're very similar in idea of scary bug. It In tackling it in the same way of like... People are aware of a bug-related threat, and they're trying to solve it. Yeah. To be honest, I, I get where you're going there, and I, I hadn't really put that together in my mind. Yeah. We did reference arachnophobia. arachnophobia while watching the movie. Mm-hmm. I think what you're getting at is that this film and arachnophobia have very similar like story arcs and beats. Mm-hmm. The only difference is like the vibe. Yeah. This one's more a lot like gothic and dark This horror. one's like, gr- I don't want to say grim dark. I, I want to say a super gritty, like gross movie, gritty, grimy and slimy. Yeah. Uh, versus kind of the camp of arachnophobia, arachnophobia. But yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. Basically, very similar story. Yeah. But this one has like Del Toro monsters. Yeah. Which is pretty sick. Yeah. Very, very similar. We even have uh, what your standard pulsating sack. Oh, yeah. Your average pulsating egg sack. So there are a lot of them. That's really interesting. Uh, to be honest, though. A lot of the appeal of this movie isn't, like, the plot or anything. It's the, I don't know, the vibe, I would say. Yeah, it's the atmosphere. The The plot and everything, like we said, is pretty 
it's okay. It's kind of generic. Yeah, again, it's generic. It but felt like, a lot like arachnophobia, but it, it's just Del Toro's vibe that I think mm-hmm. really sells it. Because otherwise, not a lot happens. And I think for me, the biggest appeal for this movie is some of the practical effects. Mm-hmm. They just look really good. Yeah, man. There is some CGI used throughout the film, and it doesn't look that great, I no. will say. It's very late 90s, you know? But it's it's passable. It's passable by modern standards. And for the 90s, it looks pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I can say all that much. And they do a good job of like using practical effects when they can. And those really sell it. I, I think that's my big point is, yeah, the CGI is not incredible by modern standards. But they mix in enough practical effects with the monsters and like, the violence and stuff and like the creatures that it look it works it all it all pans out it looks good i enjoy it. that's probably my favorite part of this movie is the monsters which is a good thing cuz like we're watching a category called neo monster movies so the monster should be the highlight of the film yeah so i think all those look good aside from that though there, there really isn't too much there and i feel like that might be the downside of this movie yeah is there's just so it's a very surface level monster film. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing if that's what you're looking for. And hell, I love a good monster film, but there's no it's not nuanced in any way. No. And then I think the only other thing there that we really need to talk about right now is the characters. Mm-hmm. And the characters don't have too much going on for them. No. I got to say none of them are like amazingly interesting, but I I think that's more because they feel like they're lacking screen time in a lot of ways. And just aren't developed as much as I would like. And I'm going to be honest. I think that's because there are so many of them. And they're spread out across the movie. Like I feel like we don't spend enough time with them individually to get enough. But it's because you have to, we have to spread out over across so many people. Yeah. And so I do think that is a downside of this film as well. However, I will raise the point that the back end of this film is spent mostly in like one location kind of. Mm-hmm. And the characters we get to see in the back end of the film, I feel like get a lot of characterization. They get a lot better near the end. During those scenes. And they feel a lot better because Mm -hmm. of that. So I do think for certain characters that is fixed. It's just, there's so much setup, I think, that goes into this movie. Because the beginning of it's so much investigation. Mm -hmm. That it just feels like we lose out on characterization. Yeah, and they spend a lot of time, like, using science to, like, explain everything that's going on. Or, like, to lead you into different plot points and stuff. Yeah. And explain stuff that you're going to get to see later, which is, like, cool because, like, I appreciate that because it feels like they actually maybe did a little bit of research when they were writing this film. Oh, yeah. All the all the monster stuff and the Judas stuff feels really worked out well. Mm-hmm. I like that. But, yeah, it does make the, the characterization, I think, suffer a little bit. Because they just have to kind of info dump instead yeah. of giving character moments. Going back to I, – I just want to harken back to arachnophobia again because I think they're very close. I do think arachnophobia does a little bit better of a job with characterization right off the bat. Because it just spends more time with the characters at the beginning. Mm -hmm. In a way, I feel like this film didn't. Yeah. I don't necessarily think this film needed it as much as that one. No, because the the monsters in this are more... Well, it's not even that. I think it's just this film is more focused on the monsters. Well, that's what I mean. Like, the monsters in this are more the focal point, but also they're more, like, impressive and, like, shock and awe. Yeah. While in arachnophobia, they're just spiders. Yeah. Big spiders. Big spiders. Like, well, uh, trust me, terrifying. Some of them are big spiders. Like, I'm afraid of arachnophobia. Small. That movie is scary. But this movie is just mu- much more monster forward. Yeah. Aside from that, I think they really the only thing I want to talk about is the monster here. And my issue is I kind of want to put that in the spoiler section. So I think we should do it. I think we've done a good job of avoiding any, like, explicit Okay, can we talk about stuff. one more thing before we go to that then? Yeah, Normally sure. we do that and then the end of the episode. No, that's fine. I, I just I, – I don't want to give away too much about the monster here if you're still going to go watch the movie. Yeah. Because it is kind of spoilers there. But, yeah, what did you want to bring up? So we, we kind of mentioned this at the beginning. A lot of this movie is them investigating the subway and stuff. The subway is such a cool place for this movie to take place. Oh, yeah. Cause like, they do an awesome job using the dark, dank, gross environment of the subway to create horror while moving throughout it and giving us a bunch of different areas to explore. Yeah, and what's really cool is it's it's not like the modern subway system. It's the old abandoned like subway tunnels mm-hmm. and maintenance tunnels and stuff. It's very much like a labyrinth. Yeah. 
And it such a coincidence that Del Toro would go on to write something called Pan's Labyrinth eventually, you know. <laughs> Again, it, it very much feels like Del Toro, but I do love that setting. No, it's super good. and Especially because they oh. give some excuses to have, like, more ornate underground areas. Mm-hmm. It just looks really good. But, yeah, I guess you you ready to just move on to the spoiler section? I guess. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Future Bob coming at you to let you know that if you do not want any major spoilers about this movie, please skip to 46 minutes and one second. Once again, that's 46 minutes and one second for no major spoilers. Welcome back if you're you're still with us. I, I just wanted to put in this brief spoiler section because I really want to talk about the monsters in this film. I think you if you've been listening, you might have already figured it out. But... The monsters in this film are the Judas strain. They're yeah. the bug in this movie. And very specifically how they went from like this bug that kills cockroaches to this monster is very interesting. And I, I just thought we should mention it here because it is kind of like the climax of the film, the understanding for what happened. I mean, sure. But the explanation for what happened here is that the Judas strain had some enzyme that sped up metabolism Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, when they started breeding, it allowed them to breed really, really fast. So in the span of th- three years, instead of having like maybe a handful of generations, they had thousands. Yeah. Which I, I got to say, I don't think is very realistic, you know? I mean. For how big they are, you know what I mean? Well, the thing is, they deve- they ex- also explained that, which is something that I knew was true, but I hadn't really considered it. No, I know, but the the whole thing is big things tend to grow slower, mm-hmm. and so they they age slower and they reproduce slower. I guess my point is like, I don't know the the fact that they evolved quote unquote that quickly into what they are the monster version. I mean, they're using like weird sci fi science anyway. Sci fi science, and it's ludicrous. But I I did think it was cool that they explained it that way. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I think I want to describe the big monster bug now. Basically. It's very specifically, the Judas strain is a combination between termites and praying mantises. To me, it just kind of looks like a big cockroach. That's exactly what I thought, With, too. like, razor claws. Oh, my God. But what's so cool about the monstrous version of the the Judas bug is that it's about, I don't know, six feet tall. They're fucking huge. They're tall. They can stand on two legs, and they're mimics. That's why the film's called Mimic. Mm-hmm. Bob didn't get it for a long time, and I was like, you know why it's called Mimic? Yeah. I don't think it clicked, per se. It didn't click until they explained it. <laughs> until they explained it, which I think is funny. But what the bugs do is they, again, quote-unquote evolved to mimic humans so that they could better survive us as, like, a predator. Mm-hmm. The bugs do eat us, but, like, yes. survive just being, like, overwhelmed. And so what they do is they'll stand on two legs and they'll drape their wings around themselves. To look like a coat. Yeah, it looks like a really long like uh, trench coat or something. Mm-hmm. And then they have their two pedipalps, like their two, um, technically it's highly developed, like his front limbs. And when they put them together, instead of being like um, crushing plates that like guard their mouth, it's... It looks like a mask. It looks like a mask. So they, when they're standing up and they got this their wings around them, they kind of just look like a dude. Mm-hmm. From a distance, they totally just look like a dude in a trench coat. And so a lot of the film before they're revealed as like bugs per se is them kind of just walking around as like these human-like figures. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really effective. No, it is. Because there's a couple hints even from the beginning that there's something weird about them. Yep. But I was, I was, I'd seen this film before. Uh, and I, d- I don't remember what my initial thought was. But I think the film does a decent enough job of selling it as maybe they're like half insect men. That's exactly what I thought when the film started. I was like, oh, these are half bug people. And so I think for a lot of the film, you can maybe think that, you know, these Judas things were developed to kill cockroaches that were fighting this human disease. So maybe they're infecting people with another disease. That's exactly what I thought. Okay. I was wondering if that if you were sold on that idea. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so that... I think that's good then that it works that way because mm-hmm. I'd seen the film before and I vaguely remembered it and I knew going into it. And for me, it was like, oh, this is super obvious that it's just these big bugs mimicking it. Yeah. So I'm glad it can work both ways there. With that being said, I think the bugs are super cool. Oh, they're so cool. 
They're terrifying. Like I, this might be one of the episodes with the most outtakes of me screaming in a while. Bob was just like, no, 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 no. He closed his eyes at one point. I was surprised. And at one point, he almost vomited just looking at its face. Oh, God. So they got some gnarly faces because they do great practical effects mm-hmm. on close-ups of the bugs. Yeah. They look nasty, and they look intricate and complicated, and it's really, really good. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It looks like I saw this very recently. There was a picture on Twitter of uh, a close-up of an ant like a, on a microscope. They, they did a really good job of making these things look like real bugs. No, yeah, they look a lot like real bugs. And again, I think that's that intricate attention to detail, especially with the practical effects. Hell, their faces look really, really a lot like praying mantis faces. Mm-hmm. They even um, have like the praying mantis arms. Yep. They're, they're gross. And, you know, getting back into the fact that this film pays attention to the science, part of the reason they explain like how they're so big is instead of having bookcase lungs, what most insects have, mm-hmm. they have like regular people lungs. Yep. Uh, or at the very least, more developed developed lungs uh and so they're able to intake more oxygen which is why they can get bigger Mm -hmm. because Because that's a classic thing with real life insects exactly what we've we've essentially proven with modern science is we're like oh the difference between like giant bugs from the coniferous period and modern day bugs just the amount of oxygen yep so basically the whole explanation for the big bug is just they can intake more oxygen so they can get bigger they develop better lungs assumedly it's a very very recent trait yeah that's what I'd assume is they probably went through, like, their thousands of generations when they were small, mm-hmm. eating, like, bajillion cockroaches a minute. Oh, God. And they've only gotten big in, like, the last two or three generations. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they're really cool. I, I think the only problem with this whole, like, through line of these Judas breed insects is that it's never explained why they can breed. They were genetically engineered to not be able to do so. Yeah. And the film never really gives a a good enough reason for why they're able to. And I do think that's an issue. Yeah. I mean, they kind of vaguely like explain it, but they don't explain it at the same time. One of the characters who's not necessarily super well introduced just kind of goes, they died in the lab, but the, but real life is an even bigger lab. Yeah. Meaning that like introducing them to like the outside world somehow had an effect on them. It's more variables, but it's, it feels like a cop out, you know? I mean, uh, it is. I wanted more of an explanation because it doesn't, Makes sense. I feel like it's just too much of a reach for me. I can put it aside and be like, whatever, but see, I want to know. I guess my thing is like, I don't think it's that big of a reach because it's weird sci-fi science anyway. Who cares? It's it's not that big of a reach, but it's again one of those things of if you're going to go, hey, we designed this thing to behave a very certain way and then it doesn't, I want to know the why. We'll bring in another series here because we were talking about arachnophobia earlier. There's a very similar premise in Jurassic Park where, like, they engineer all the dinos to be female and to be uh. unable to breed, and then they start breeding, and the big reveal is they're able to do so because they introduced frog DNA, and some species of frog can switch gender, and they set that up, and they do reveal it eventually, and that feels earned. You know what I mean? Yeah. This didn't feel earned in the same way, and I just kind of feel like I'm missing that same sense of oh my god this is why this happened you know I mean fair enough I guess otherwise I think they're fine I think the only thing I I also want to mention with the bugs just because I think it's a weird point in this movie is there's a kid in this film oh yeah there's a couple of kids in this film but there's one main one uh chewy and he has these spoons yeah right? and he clacks them together to imitate sounds because they don't they never explicitly stayed in the film but i'm pretty sure he's autistic oh yeah but like probably severely autistic mm-hmm. pretty far on the spectrum and he has an impulse to like imitate sounds with the spoons uh very specifically it, it seems to be like people walking mm-hmm. like the sound of their gait because his dad's a, sh- a shoe shine so he's a, a fixation on shoes yeah chewy knows so much about shoes people walk by on the street and chewy would be like oh yeah these are the kinds of shoes that's their shoe size it's very impressive oh super impressive but uh he saw one of the the Judas breed like the giant ones mm-hmm. and he they click they make a clicking sound when they like communicate cuz they're bugs and he started imitating it with the spoons and kind of early-ish on in the film he gets like taken by the bugs mm-hmm. cuz he walks essentially into their home and they don't eat him right away no and especially later in the film he calls them friends and the film seems to be implying that it's 
potentially due to the fact that he's like clicking at him in mm-hmm. the same way. I don't think I like that. Really? It's I don't know. It, it feels like a little too campy in some ways. If that's what they're going for. I mean, I think it ha- it has to be. My well, like if that's only what they were going for. My read on it personally is he's clicking at them, so it's kind of confusing at like kind of confusing the bugs and they're like are you one of us? Because you smell like food. Yeah. And so they just brought him back to the hive to maybe eat him later if they're hungry. Maybe. You know what I mean? I think that's a better read than, oh, he can clack his spoons and now he's the, the bug master. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, that seems a little goofy. But I, I just wanted to mention that really quick. With that being said, that's all I really want to say in the spoiler section. I just, I just wanted to talk about the bugs. Yeah, I mean, that's like the big... I think that's the big selling point. They're really cool. It's the, It really is the big selling point. It's the big thing that happens here. So I think we can go to the... Go back to the regular stuff. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Yeah, welcome back. I think we can just start on recommendations, if you want to take charge there. Okay. Hmm, that's my first recommendation. If you like monster movies... This is a cool monster movie. This, this once again, Ben, you did a good job of picking what I kind of wanted from the category. A unique monster movie with cool monsters. That was my big thing I wanted from all the films in this category. And you've done a good job at keeping that on the level so far. I had to work so hard for it. <laughs> well, it was worth it because I like this film. If you like Guillermo del Toro. I Guillermo, Wait, <laughs> what did you say? Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> okay, I thought you said Yamamoto del Toro. Not Yamamoto. <laughs> um, but if you like him. I've actually never seen one of his movies before. I didn't think you had. No, this is my first one. I like it. He's I like his style. Unsettling style. Yes, that is my big, big thing. If you're into him and you like his style, from what I can tell and what Ben has told me, this reeks of the stuff he likes to do. He always feels like a dark, like, gothic fairy tale kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of how this feels. So if you're interested in that, check it out. If, look, ah, never mind. Yeah. Something in the spoiler section. Yeah. This is going to be his recommendation there. It was. For me, I think the main recommendation here is if you like Del Toro, I think this is one of his lesser known films because it's just, it didn't do as well mm-hmm. in the box office and everything. So if you like him and you haven't seen it, I think it's worth a watch. It's not like the greatest film ever, but it's pretty competent, I think. If you like practical effects, I think the practical effects in this are pretty decent. Mm-hmm. The CGI is a little rough, but you know if you can watch something like The Mummy, and be fine, I think you'll get over this. Nineteen ninety nine, like Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Yeah, the good one. Oh, no, the original one's good too. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. The only one I've seen. The Brendan Fraser one, you mean? Yeah. But then I think my last recommendation: if you just want like kind of a unique monster movie, that's what this is. I mean, it's obviously in this category, but who fucking knows what that category means? <laughs> Uh, on that note, though, Bob, if you want to give it a rating. Okay. So this is what I wanted from the category. It's kind of what I wanted from this movie coming in. I didn't really know what to expect from the movie called Mimic. And from what I could tell when we started, I didn't. I Basically, what I'm saying is I didn't really have any standards coming in other than Neo Monster movie, so I want a cool monster, which it delivered on. It had a cool monster. I like I like them. I like Del Toro's style. The problem I have with this film, the characters are – not that the characters are bad. They're not bad. Bad. No, they're competent. They're, they're competent. They're just not super interesting. They're yeah. very generic, which is like I didn't feel one way or another when people died. Exactly. Not like a. It's not a bad thing, but it's not like a good thing either. There's no nuance to all these different people that are you know dealing well, with some this problem. Nuance. There's, it's just, it's, but it's minimal. Yeah. It's the amount you need to make them feel like people, and not just be like bodies. Bodies that you're throwing at you know monsters to die. CGI is a little rough, but I can get over it because the practical stuff. CGI is just a time period, I think. I think. Yeah, and, and I it's can't really fault it that much. Very to be impressive for the low light conditions this movie mm-hmm. has. Yeah, cool setting, cool monster. I don't know. I'm kind of a, in a weird spot. I will say I I don't love the end of the movie. No, well, you loved how it was done, like yes, cinematically. Cinematically, it's sick. But writing wise, writing wise, I don't love it. Yeah. Four. Four? I, I like the movie. There are some things I could change, but I overall, I had a pretty good time. Okay. I think I'm going to give it a three and a half. Fair enough. Because I think I was between a four and a three and a half, but I'm going to be a little conservative here because I think, like Bob said, the characters, I think, are the really big issue for me. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that I 
wasn't in love with really any of these characters. Yeah. So many of them were like, eh, I could take it or you know leave who it. I loved those kids from the beginning. I love those kids from the beginning. Those were fun. They had gumption. They were if they were the whole movie. Honestly, they're kind of awesome. Now, as long as it wasn't Goonies, but yeah, yeah, I think the characters were the really big issue, and because I didn't like necessarily love them or hate them. Well, I could stand watching them, and that was totally fine. I just they didn't really carry me emotionally and get mm-hmm. me invested, and I yeah. think that's an issue. Again, they're not bad, and in fact, especially towards the end of the film, the characters we had been with for a while were starting to get there. Mm-hmm. But I, I really do think the film needs like an extra, maybe just five or ten minutes of just characterization before like the actual plot starts. Yeah, because I can tell they tried. Especially with the two, like, lead characters. I just didn't get enough of it to get me there. Um, So I think that's a really big problem. And then kind of like the other one is it just feels, I don't know, like, abrupt with the ending. Yeah. A little bit. Like, it was like, all right, this is the time for the ending. But it just felt so, oh, and it's over now? Yeah. It felt like we, we kind of hit the end and we were supposed to get this, like, climactic thing. And it didn't feel climactic. And then it kind of deflated and, and uh, the movie ended. I'm not sure if that's due to how the problem was solved or maybe – I think it might just be due to the character thing again. Yeah. Of Because it wasn't satisfying. Because it wasn't satisfying. Because we don't really, like, care that much about these people and the fact that they solved the problem. Yeah. With that being said, all the style and cinematography is amazing. Oh, it's fucking crazy. And the monsters are just beautiful. In the grossest way possible. Oh, yes. You'll hear and, some... You know, I think that really does have to give me the half point to a three and a half. I really do want to give it a four, but I, I really... I think I'm going to bear on the side of, like, caution. No, I mean, that's fair. Especially because you gave it a four. Kind of evens it out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. I guess we're going to go to the outtakes now. We'll see what we have there. <laughs> Hopefully some good ones. God. Yeah. We'll see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Mimic so far. I like this movie. I think it's super fun. I really love Guillermo del Toro's style. But without further ado, let's get in to the outtakes. This first clip is me being uncomfortable at dying children, but also a really stupid Jason Takes Manhattan joke. I don't like this. Nah, seeing kids like this is fucking me up, man. I'm not a fan. Well, they are dying, so... Now, clearly! Where are we going, though? I think this is where they keep the toxic waste. Oh, for floating the sewers every night? Yeah, this is the sewer. Yeah, yeah, okay. I hate how much we talk about that movie. We don't talk about it that much. You just brought it up last episode. Or was that this episode? I think that was this episode. Because you brought up New York. This next clip is Ben making a dumb joke, but also my reaction to some nasty, nasty bugs. Roaches. More like noaches. Okay. Oh! I didn't like that. Big bug. I did not like that, Benjamin. This next clip is our reaction to something dragging someone into the sewers. <gasps> oh! 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 This guy's getting, like, pennywise Yeah, they're breaking his ribs to get him through. This next clip is an example of my escalating fear of the creature in this film. That thing, every time we see it, it gets worse. <laughs> every time we see it, it gets worse. <sighs> This next clip is another example of me shitting my pants. Ugh! It's that dude. Funny Shoe Man. Funny Shoe Man is, um... Oh, God! About ready to, to no. chomp. Dude, <laughs> Bob, what was that noise? I don't like it. This next clip is our reaction to seeing the creature actually attack someone for the very first time. He's less 
overt horror and more like creepy aesthetic and horrifying imagery kind of thing. Which is awful for me. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. It's oh, <laughs> uh. don't go touch it. Don't give him a hit. You kids are gonna get fucking murdered. They want to make five bucks. Bob, it's a pulsating sack. Oh, it's come back. Don't touch me. Full circle. Well, that doesn't look like your average pulsating egg sack, Benjamin. Uh, well, no, if you turn it sideways. Yeah. Can that be the name of the episode, your average pulsating egg sack part two? If we have space. It might fit. Oh, no, don't cut it oh. open. <laughs> don't open it! <laughs> At least it's not worth 40 bucks. Your life is not worth $40. She really does, like, skimp out on these kids, though. Well, they're kids. 40 <laughs> bucks is a lot of money. I know, but I think it's very funny. Especially in 1997. I keep forgetting it's 1997. Ugh, this feels like a... It's funny shoes. Yeah, I do too, kid. That's not... Oh, that's a dead dog. Oh, he's eating a dog. <laughs> Fucking barbed wire? No, it's just regular wire. This next clip is me making the realization that there could possibly be more than one monster. Is there more than one? That's not good. Ben. Why is there more than one of these? There's two. This next clip is me finding out that it is far worse than I possibly could have imagined. No, I can't deal with this. I was freaking out when there were like one or two of these things, but a fucking a civilization of bug people down there? It's not a civilization, it's a colony. Which just means, I don't know, hundreds, thousands. Shut up. Those kind of things. Hundreds and thousands, you know, sprinkles. Sprinkles suck! This next clip is me appreciating the cop's honest reaction to the monster. <laughs> I love that he's having just an honest reaction to these fucking things. It's pretty great. No, it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> like that. Fuck this, man. This next clip is the bugs almost making me throw up. Well, as long as he doesn't touch them together, he should be fine. Oh. Oh, my God. That scared the fuck out of me. Nah, it's just no. a dude. No. Oh, my God. Don't close your eyes. I'll look at it. Oh. Oh, my. I really don't want to throw up. Mostly because I don't have anything to throw up in in here. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Do we have any announcements? Ben. Yeah. Uh, we got two things. I mean, obviously, there's our usual. Check us out on Fridays. That's when we release board episodes. Yeah, of course. Uh, but we also have a Thanksgiving episode coming up. Yeah. What are we watching? I don't know. Maybe it's Thanksgiving 2. No, bro. If we watch... Th no, we can't watch Thanksgiving 2. We can't. We haven't seen Thanksgiving. I'm pretty sure I've seen Thanksgiving, and I'm pretty sure you've seen I, Thanksgiving. I, I want to watch it. So maybe we could review No, Ben, we have to two. watch Thanksgiving, because I think that might be our shortest episode ever. What, Thanksgiving? Yes. Shorter than Blood Rage. That might be the new meme. Every year we put out a shorter and shorter Thanksgiving episode until there's not, there just isn't one. We can't get any shorter. Thanksgiving 2. No, that one sucks. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. Uh, on that note, though, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other podcast places. We're also on YouTube if you want to watch us there. Uh, it's kind of nice because you can show us some support You know, with your subscriptions, your likes. There's also a handy bell button you can slap the shit out of, and that'll give you notifications whenever we post a new video, like if we do something random, like a Thanksgiving episode, like maybe Thanksgiving 2. No! Uh, you know, aside from that, 
YouTube is one of the two places you can communicate with us at. You can do that in the comment section of a specific video. Maybe chat us up about something specific in that movie you liked, didn't like, want to talk about. Or you can go over to Twitter, crawl through the uh, dank underbelly of subway tunnels that is Bob's DMs oh over God. at Where the Board. And uh, chat them up about your favorite horror movie Ugh. or insect. Gross. Ben. Oh, send them pictures of spiders. Don't do that. No, don't listen to it. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Tweeting pictures of spiders. Don't do other that. Other horrifying insects you think Bob might not like. All of them. Oh, I hate bugs. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you don't know about the show, it all goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can watch the movie before we do. So whenever you listen to the episode and we're being really vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. Then on Fridays, I post a link to the episode whenever it goes live. So if you ever miss an upload or want to know what's something went up, there's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing, check us out on TikTok at Beware the Board and on YouTube Shorts. Hopefully there's new short form up. I haven't. He hasn't been doing them. I haven't been doing it. I'm really bad about it because it's really hard to find good <laughs> Remember content. when you were like, I'm going to post two a week. Yep. It's hard, <laughs> That man. lasted no weeks. Well, it's just, it's so hard to find stuff that fits TikTok and YouTube shorts because YouTube shorts have to be under a minute. And there's no conversation on the podcast that is less than a minute. So it's really hard to find good, good starts and good stops without making a really shitty clip. So hopefully something went up. Hopefully that Tucker and Dale clip that I edited will be up by then. Hopefully. Hopefully. I think that's it. All right. Well, see you guys next time. Yeah. We'll uh, see you guys next time.